Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Smart Cities World podcast, the podcast dedicated to sharing ideas that solve urban challenges. This time our guest is Mark Hannis, Principal of the Innovation Fund for Offwatt, the water regulator for England and Wales. We'll be talking about the need for innovation in the water sector and the need for closer collaboration both in and out of the sector to plot a path forward. Mark, welcome along. Thanks a lot for joining us on the podcast today. Um, before we properly jump in, it would be really good to get an intro from you um, about who you are, what you do, um, and how you got there. Yeah, thank you, uh, Luke. It's, it's really great to be here. So my name is Mark Hannis, and I work for Offwatt. We are the economic regulator for um, the water sector here in England and Wales. And I, my primary function is around the innovation for which is a, a new regulatory intervention that we as the regulators have introduced to to support innovation activity in the sector. I'll say a whole lot more about that a little bit later, but I've been working in regulation for uh, a little while now, just about 12 years in total. I started with the Gambling Commission um, and working on their social responsibility uh, policy areas, which was really, really interesting. And more latterly, for the last eight years here at Offwatt, um, but my, my life has not always been around the innovation side of things. I've been looking at corporate risk management, strategic business planning, and a lot of internal basic stuff. So now, the last two or three years since we've introduced the innovation fund, I've been very much focused on that and leading on all aspects. And that includes the design and delivery of our competitions, um, uh, which are probably the most exciting aspects of uh, our innovation fund activity. Um, and I will talk plenty about those in due course. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, you're really heavily involved in, in innovation with Offwatt, although, as you say, you know, it's not always been your uh, your bread and butter. Um, but really, I'd like to start off by understanding what the current state of innovation is in the water sector at the moment. Uh, a really critical time as well, as we consider the sorts of pressures and stresses um, around environmental sustainability, especially um, around the sector, you know, whether that pace of innovation is is fast, uh, whether it's maybe slower than it needs to be catching up and ahead or behind of the curve compared to other kind of similar critical services that are facing some of those similar pressures. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The the, the pressure, um, I think the water sector is under at the moment from, from all of those things. So uh, there's environmental stuff, there's uh, population growth, um, um, and we've heard a lot of the news headlines over the last six to nine months or so around the discharges of waste into rivers and stuff like that. Um, it, it's unprecedented at the moment. And so um, I think innovation is going to be absolutely critical to addressing some of these um, urgent, urgent challenges. And I'll, I'll just throw a couple of other stats in as well, which, which might be of interest. The National Infrastructure Commission estimates that a new water supplies equivalent to uh, the water consumed by 9 million people are going to be needed by 2030s, mid-2030s, that's 10 and a bit years away, that's pretty close. And then if we fast forward to, to about 2050, almost a third of water supplies are anticipated to be lost by then. So, you know, you can see the scale of the challenge and, and uh, when you chuck in um, new housing developments, um, uh, population growth, as I just mentioned, uh, the demand is going to increase. Uh, and the supply is very much um, um, decreasing at the moment. So what can we do about that? Now, the water sector traditionally has been, well, it's, I would say it has been fairly slow in its innovation compared to uh, an adjacent sector such as energy. But I think what we've seen over the last uh, five or 10 years is really, really interesting pockets of innovation. So to give everyone a little bit of context, there are 17 
um, uh, main water wholesales, as we call them, uh, across England and Wales. Now, they some of them are very small water-only companies, which means they just supply the water through your taps and showers, etc., and they do not take away the sewage. Um, and there are others which are much larger, which um, do the water and the wastewater services. And so they, they provide the water in and the wastewater out, and it's that full package. Uh, and so they are very, very big organizations, but um, because this is such a critical utility, they have been traditionally very risk-averse organizations as well. And they are, to a certain extent, um, at the behest of what organizations like Ofwat, the Environment Agency, the Drinking Water Inspector, the three main regulators for, for England when it comes to water, um, instruct them, tell them the regulations uh, that, that are put in place. Um, are, they're very much at the behest of, of, of the way we approach um, much of this. And I don't think innovation historically has been at the forefront of our minds necessarily until very recently, but there have been uh, pockets of water companies which have really led the charge in this area. And there's probably half a dozen that have um, uh, been quite mature in their innovation um, approaches uh, for, for a number of years now. There's What that means by default is there's a whole bunch of them that of course have a long way to go and some of them that are very small and don't have the capacity of others also have a long way to go so i think as a sector overall we've got a lot of work to do um the innovation space and this is one of the reasons why offer um decided in 2019 to introduce the innovation fund we felt that we needed to really accelerate this and not only the uh, not not only that i should say we we wanted to try and coordinate this a little bit better one of the other sort of classic water sector um, uh, situations, approaches is that each water company will, will do its own thing. They don't necessarily talk to one another, they don't sort of combine forces hugely, even in a sort of strange monopoly environment, which which is what we operate in at the moment. We have no choice as, as to who our water supplier is for domestic purposes. Uh, there was there was competition felt between water companies and there wasn't the great sharing of information, data, learning um, and insights that, that would, you would expect to really support um, innovation growth across the sector. So um, through the innovation fund we put a whole load of money on the table which we hope will de-risk a lot of this activity but we're also trying to support coordination and collaboration across the water sector as well so i think we are quite a bit behind um other sectors but we are very rapidly trying to um catch up and be as creative and innovative actually in our approach to innovation as we possibly can like you say it's, it's a really really critical time and in a way you know we see adjacent sectors like energy as being more innovative because probably it feels like it's a bit more visible. I wonder if that's sort of part of the narrative in a way. Well, that's a really, really interesting point, Luke, because if you consider um, water as very much been the sort of silent utility for many, many years now, think about it. It's a 24-7, 365 day a year service, and the quality standards are akin to those of food. So to produce that sort of level of service on an ongoing basis, for all time and ever, yeah. you know that 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 is uh, an intensive. It is it's, it's an intensive energy con consuming process, but it's also, as I mentioned earlier, slightly uh, risk averse. So we 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 can't start just um, fiddling around with um, with pi the pipe net because the drinking water inspector would, would have concerns about the quality uh, of the water that's coming through. Um, and that, that that's just just to give you one example. So. There are so many regulations in this area, and uh, as a regulator, that's uh, partly our fault, um, but also it, they're there for, for very, very good reason. That's why innovation has perhaps been a little slower to um, to take root in the water set. And energy is, is, is a fantastic example. And if we just take one one angle of that, which I, I guess is most pertinent to a lot of us at the moment, that's smart metering and our ability to check in our usage on a, on a sort of 
hourly basis. I know I can with my smart meter um, at the moment. Um, I'm slightly horrified as to what I'm reading every single day. Um, that is a great example of the sort of thing that the water sector needs to have a look at and see see to what extent it can uh, embrace and adopt that. Now, again, water metering, smart metering for water is happening in pockets across the country, but not to the same extent that it's happening in energy. And, it, and it's something that's really just becoming part of the conversation now. So I think there is real opportunity to to look at adjacent sectors like energy and indeed others, for example, oil and gas, who also have a huge sort of pipe network. And so there's plenty we can learn from those guys as well to support um, some of the resiliency issues that we have with the, the very sort of, well, the aging infrastructure that we have um, in the water sector at the moment. So I think I think there's lots to do there. And there's some fantastic examples around us. And I think one of, one of the challenges for the water sector is to bring itself out of this sort of insularity of only looking, the water sector so peculiar that only we can solve its problems. I think that's something that needs to change and something we're, we're encouraging through the competitions that we run as well. So we need to look at these other fantastic ideas that can come from absolutely anywhere and bring those into the water sector and um, and hope that they are transformational and make a real difference for progress to some of those key challenges we mentioned right at the top of the show. Yeah, for sure. We'll come back to that later as well. I'm, I'm glad that it's been introduced nice and early. Um, but next up, I, I want to find out what an organisation like Offwork can do to help drive that innovation forwards. And you mentioned the Innovation Fund, and I know there's the new Water Discovery Challenge as well. So be really interested to just find out a bit about how those things have gone in the past with the Innovation Fund, what's come out of it, and, and how the new Discovery Challenge is shaping up as well. Yeah, thanks. So, so we're really excited about the Innovation Fund. So this, this is a specific regulatory intervention. It is not part of our day job. It is something on the side to um, bring about new behaviours um, and to address, uh, uh, well, accelerate our, our, our opportunities to address some of those big challenges. So basically, what we've done is we've put a whole load of money on the table. So £200 million for the five-year period that we're in at the moment. As a regulator, we work uh, in five-year cycles. We set... Um, the price controls for the water sector over a five-year period. And so this is this is the sort of cyclical nature of the work we do. We do tend to try and look a little bit more long-term than, than five years as well. But over five years, we've got £200 million to spend. Now, what's interesting about this is that this money is not government grants. This has been taken directly from water customers' bills. So you and I Luke, will be paying an extra £1.50 per year to fund the £200 million across the five years that goes into the innovation and we've set this up to do a number of things. One is to accelerate the development of important solutions that could make a real difference. Two is to support collaboration between water companies, but also between other organizations and agencies outside of the sector who need to come on board and support um, this area as well. So there are our two sort of primary trials. And the third one, I suppose, is to is to move the culture along in the water sector. We've mentioned already that it's been a little bit slow at adopting innovation. Perhaps all the resource that could go into it isn't quite there at the moment. So if we can demonstrate the benefits of innovation, then we can really um, um, support that, that sort of um, embedding itself throughout the culture of water companies and, and it will sort of serve itself in the future. We won't need to put 200 million pounds uh, on the table uh, to support it. But basically um, that 200 million pounds is there to de-risk um, innovation opportunities so we that funds 90 percent of a project that comes through we ask the water companies and their partners to put up the other 10 percent it's important that they have some skin in the game in this as well but essentially uh, one of the, the the big reasons why people don't innovate is it's uh, it's too risky and when you're talking about shareholder money on the line here which i'm afraid we have to with water companies then um where there's no guaranteed return on investment there there is uh, uh, 
in sunlight if they're likely to really really go for some of these potentially game-changing transformational innovations so what we've done for the last couple of years is we've run a couple of competitions so instead of giving out grants um to water companies go and, go and do your best work for 15 million pounds seven trend water we don't do that we thought the competitive element really safeguards some of the customer money that's coming through and is being used for the innovation fund so um, we ask the water companies and their partners to put forward their best ideas they get independently uh, assessed and adjudicated um, and we get recommendations from from the independent judgment panel as to, as to what we should fund and in, in, in those competitions, which we call the Water Breakthrough Challenge, um, the last couple of years, we've now funded 40 projects at just over £60 million. Pounds. Uh, and in a moment, I'll give you a sense of some of the uh, some of the more interesting ones that are pertinent to the smart cities world, um, to give you a sense of, of where they're at. Uh, but what, one of the things that we also noticed um, during this was that we, we tended to be funding projects at the sort of latter end of their, their technology readiness scale. Um, if you like, which was uh, almost the things that were ready for testing and trialing. What we weren't funding and we saw a gap for was those earlier stage innovations where there's, there's a nugget of an idea. There's something here that needs to be built upon, that needs to be brought to a water company, receive the experience, expertise and guidance of somebody in the know. And so um, on the back of that, we've launched a brand new competition, which is the Water Discovery Challenge, uh, which we are particularly excited about because this is, this is not only... Um, something new but it's also a foray into a, a slightly uh, riskier world for off as well now i've mentioned how the water companies are risk averse as the regulator <laughs> historically we have been extremely risk averse um and, and and the competitions i just mentioned um involves well we, we basically work with water companies for them to bring forward their best ideas the new water discovery challenge uh, takes water companies out of the equation and we are inviting ideas from absolutely any and that's the exciting bit where we are about to work with non-regulated entities, which is the exciting and slightly uh, nerve-wracking bit for Offward. So again, we've put a whole, we've put a load of money on the table here, and we are reaching out um, to um, sectors near and far to water those you might traditionally associate, like energy, not being too too distant as distant as important utility, and those who are, who are miles away who you might not associate with the sector, aerospace, oil and gas, um, road and rail, whatever it might be. Um, we are reaching out to them to bring forward their best ideas to, uh, and try and see if we can support some of those those earlier stage ideas to, to make it in the water sector. So again, we're putting some money down on the table, but uh, we're not doing just that. We are um, helping what we hope will be some small emerging businesses, uh, maybe even one man and his dog working out of his shed in his back garden, those sort of idea generating sort of places. Uh, we're, we're, we're giving them money, but we're also giving them access to water companies. The water companies are very kindly volunteers to provide their expertise and support in nurturing and mentoring these innovations as they come through. And we're also going to provide a bunch of uh, non-financial support as well to help these um, emerging businesses um, really get a foothold and establish themselves, understand what, what, what procurement for water companies look like, understand what, what how, how to go about sort of protecting their intellectual property, uh, how to develop their own sort of business um, plans and, and their growth plans and stuff like that. So what we're trying to do, we think, is is, is a pretty complete package to support these best ideas. And again, at, at almost zero risk to those bringing an idea forward. All they've got to do is spend a bit of time filling out an application form. And then the rest, I hope, will, will move forward um, from there and be of great benefit to them. So that's that's kind of the, the framework we're working in now. Uh, and so we launched this competition, the Water Discovery Challenge, at the end of January. It closes um, early in April. And we have a fantastic website. I'm sure we could uh, share some detail on at some point as well for people to 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 have a good look at that and see um, the parameters within which we're expecting to work and, and what the prizes are and, and the timetables too. So that's super, super exciting. But just to uh, rewind 
back again slightly to the water breakthrough challenge give you a sense of some of the things that we're funding so far which might be uh, um relevant perhaps to to your audience particularly um I'll, I'll i'll pick out three to begin with and we'll, we'll see how we go and do stop me if i'm rambling. no let's go yeah okay <laughs> sorry i get very enthused about this stuff as you can probably tell well i think it's great i think it's it's brilliant to to hear that there's a necessity for the change in approach and you're going to have to do that uh, this this demonstrates the ways in which you know even regulators could look to de-risk some of these some of these pilots some of these experiments in a way um so yeah keen to hear more that's it. I think basically we're coming out of our comfort zone and we're inviting everyone to join us <laughs> Yeah, in, in that as well. So, um, yeah, so here, here's, here's a few then just to whet the appetite a little bit. So um, there's a project called uh, Project Zero and it was formerly called Water Neutrality at Nav Sites and that basically means water neutrality at new housing developments. So what this is all about is delivering sustainable water saving uh, solutions uh, in response to those uh, new housing developments being built. In effect, um, making sure that the impact of those new housing Developments is is zero on on water usage compared to um, the, the the surrounding area, the existing sort of housing network uh, that was there in the first place. So um, it, that would involve, for example, installing things like water saving devices in, in residential properties that can be shower heads, tap inserts, um, larger infrastructure pieces such as uh, grey water recycling, which is basically all that good water that comes out of washing machines and showers that sort of drains away through the sinks, but could be used for other things optimizing um, those outputs and, and putting them to good use elsewhere, rainwater sort of harvesting units, that sort of stuff. So the idea there is to minimize demand in customers' homes um, and, and and for the development of that, those new housing areas to be completely offset by these these new sort of minimal demands and that, that usage of water um, to be at the bare, bare minimum in comparison to what, what might have been the case five or ten years ago. So that's that's one example, which I think is really exciting. There's another one um, which has a really snappy title called HERU, H-E-R-U, which is basically Home Energy Recovery Unit. Uh, and this is a, a waste recovery system developed to, to manage some of the domestic and in some cases commercial waste uh, wherever this is installed. So if you can imagine uh, this sort of thing that's about the size of a chest freezer, uh, which uses, um, interestingly, some sort of heated pipe technology developed from satellites. Good example of uh, looking further afield for some technology to bring into the water sector. And it turns the waste that might come through in, into energy so that it can be recycled. So think of plastics, wet wipes, etc. That sort of stuff can then be turned into energy. And it's also exploring uses um, for some of the hydrogen it produces as well. So that's a really interesting one, something that could be installed in, in, in new homes and indeed existing homes. And then uh, probably the third one I mentioned is a project called the Community Centric Rainwater Management Project. Uh, and this is uh, it's a whole bunch of interesting partners involved in um, working with communi communities to test new water butts. Uh, you may have heard this phrase, sustainable drainage systems. So it's, you may not have done it. It's a bit of a water technical phrase. But it's basically about helping to manage helping manage the flow of rainwater and reduce um, the risk of flooding, particularly in sort of built up urban areas and uh, using some of that um, rainwater that's collected for other things such as gardening but but basically this is this is about collecting that excess water that we get during those really sort of heavy storms and preventing it from entering the sewer network often when it enters the sewer network and that there is tons of it and it rains really heavily then that 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 the sewer network really struggles to deal with that um additional water that so it sometimes leads to some of these sewage discharges that we've heard in the news recently so how do we sort of um uh, maintain that on sort of domestic sites in our homes and uh, collect some of that for use 
um, further down the line rather than it's sort of really escaping into the sewer system. So that's another project that we do. There's a bunch of other stuff which are um, sort of related, but uh, I could go on forever. There's probably three or four others that are, that are quite interesting as well. But you can begin to see the picture that we're trying to build here, which is how is it that we um, are more efficient with our water, particularly domestic at the moment? We, we need to think about commercial a little bit further down the line, but particularly domestic. How can we be more water efficient? How can we educate um, the public particularly? We've talked about water being this sort of silent utility. I don't think people think about it a huge amount. It's it's it's, it's never been that expensive um, relative to energy. Uh, and even now, it's, it's certainly even, even less expensive relative to energy. So how can we get people to think about shaving a minute or two off their shower, which could save a huge amount of water in the long run, and indeed link that to your energy bills um, uh, and your water bills could could save money off that, for example. There are other projects where we're introducing new uh, new, new products into Procter & Gamble, for example, one of the uh, the partners, and they're, they're thinking about um, new products to minimise water uses from washing machines and dishwashers and stuff like that, and obviously maintaining the same sort of results, lower temperatures, all the sort of stuff you see in the adverts uh, where, where they're trying to improve things um, in this area. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that around housing and, and developers and the built environment, which uh, uh, we hope will make a difference in the long run. We, we're yet to see any of these projects fully conclude, so we can't say, look at this tremendous result at the moment, um, but they over the next uh, six to 18 months or so, many of them will be concluding. So we hope to share some really interesting and important information on that. And one of the one of the asks as part of this um, innovation fund is that whenever a project concludes, that information is shared and that a consideration about adopting those same methods and technologies are are um, given by all the water companies um, across England and Wales sort of network as well. So that we get the ultimate sort of value for that customer money, uh, which is paying for this. It's not just Yorkshire Water trying this and saying, yeah, we will take a bit of that. Everyone else will have the opportunity to 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 adopt and consider whether or not this is for them is going to work in their environment as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it gives you a, an incredible snapshot about what's what's happening and what's possible, um, which is, I think, really encouraging to hear about. Um, and it sounds like there's quite a lot of focus on some of these projects around kind of circular economy and the reuse of water. Um, and as you said, it all ties back into into water efficiency. And I spoke to um, somebody in, in Miami-Dade County last September, I guess it was, about their one water strategy and the idea that water is water regardless of what it's used for or where it comes from they have to be as efficient as possible with it because it's really it's it's not a limitless resource in the way that we often think of it as yeah you're absolutely right it, it is increasingly scarce and, and you might think that's uh sort of laughable from from a, a british arms perspective we're surrounded by water and um there is we have a reputation for it raining an awful lot well i'm afraid um it doesn't rain that much anymore Remember last summer when we were hitting 40 degrees, the reservoirs were sort of, uh, um, well, there wasn't much water left in the reservoirs, but they are still not fully uh, replenished. We haven't had a huge amount of rain again over the autumn and winter this period of time. So as, as we anticipate the next summer, I think um, we, we are in for more of the same and that, that issue of water scarcity is only going to um, increase, I think. I mean, there, there are other activities that Offworld are doing in this area to support longer-term planning. Uh, and to support these, for example, the, the the movement of water from, for example, the Lake District down to uh, support Liverpool and Manchester um, over the next few years, and to encourage that longer-term water resource planning. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff we're trying to do on that as well, which sit outside 
my uh, expertise per se, but it's part of our regulatory duties at Offworld. But I think that message about um, autoficiency and everybody having a, a critical role to play in this is going to be increasingly important. So we're, we're really interested. One of the things we announced um, not so long ago was that we're going to put £100 million into water efficiency and to try and um, not only promote uh, the right sort of messaging for this, but to bring about significant behavioural change. And uh, behavioural change is very, very difficult, particularly when you take uh, an item like water, as we all do for granted a little bit, and we don't understand um, the complexities of, of producing that on, on a daily basis um, to the quality standards that we all uh, would like to to see that adhere to. So that there's a big educational piece on that. If you go to, if you visit Australia, for example, they, they have very, very short showers. They they are very mindful of these sort of things and they have all sorts of uh, um, uh, things in place to, to, to manage um, the amount of water they use. And what we've, we have for a long time now, I think, taken, for granted, taken it for granted. And it, questions like, um, well, well, we're surrounded by water. Surely we can just sort of extract that. Well, desalination is extremely expensive. It's being looked at. It has to be looked at because it's, it's one of the options that has to be on the table because we are going to struggle. Uh, but it's extremely expensive. And so we have this constant debate about um, the bills that you and I will, will pay and, and, and the listeners to this podcast will pay um, every month versus the investment that is needed to address some of these critical challenges. And I think uh, we might have to expect, as we are seeing in other areas at the moment, bill, bills to go up um, to do that. Now, interestingly, water, despite all the inflationary um, pressures that a lot of the other sectors are facing at the moment, Yes, our water bills are going up, but at a below inflation rate, I think it's about 7.5% compared to your tendencies, 12, 14, 15% we're seeing in other areas. So the sector is working really hard to try and keep this utility very, very affordable, whilst also trying to invest in the right areas as well. So it's it's a constant sort of battle. How do you get that balance? And particularly as the urgency um, on some of this stuff is, is, is really there, it's, it, we can see it in front of us now. Every day we can see that urgency. Um, as our lawns fail to return to their lovely green state, even in middle of March or, or whatever we are now. So, yeah, it's right there. So we need to do something. And that's where, as a regulator, we, we are primed and ready to sort of intervene and try and do what we can. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the the work that you're doing through the Innovation Fund and, and the Water Discovery Challenge as well, you know, you're doing what you can from a regulator's position to look to push that envelope and open up different routes to collaboration and, and and innovation. And we said we'd come back to to that idea of opening up those those sorts of avenues. So what what kind of knowledge sharing and data sharing do you think needs to happen and can happen between different parts of utilities, public services to to try and find solutions to some of these issues? Might not be something that, you know, there's no silver bullet. No. Otherwise, it would be happening already. Um, so, yeah, just to really understand, you know, what, from your perspective, the water sector needs to be doing and also what it's looking for. Yeah, so um, as mentioned earlier, the water sector has traditionally been a little bit insular, uh, I would say, in many ways. And that's probably manifested the most keenly in, in data sharing. You mentioned that, Luke. And that, that uh, the sharing of data could be absolutely critical to unlocking um, some of uh, the potential solutions that we'd like to see. Um, and, I, and I think hitherto, water companies have been very reluctant to sort of share information with anybody who uh, might be experts in sort of that sort of mining activity, analysis activity, um, outside of their own um, circles somewhat. 
Uh, and I think that's one of the things that we're trying to more more actively encourage. And in fact, we are funding a particular project that's stream, which is all about open data. It's all about standardizing the data across the sector. Because of course, 17 water companies, you've got different ways of collecting information. It's never all quite the same. There's different ways of, sort of displaying, presenting that. And that lack of standardization is very apparent. So the things we can do in that area to, to open the sector up um, a little bit more, I think that we're, we're really keen to, to explore that and do that. And I think the water companies are now also recognizing that there, there is a strong need to be a little bit um, open with, with, with their data, their information, their insights and their learning. And we're really pleased to see actually that the collaboration across the sector is probably at uh, the best uh, sort of levels it's ever been at, certainly in the last three or four years that I've been involved in this work. Uh, and increasingly, they're starting to open their doors uh, to to other ideas from outside the sector as well. But I think um, you're right. There is no silver bullet. There is tons of more work we can do in this area. And I guess this is this is kind of what my my, my plea for the for the rest of the world, for those with any connection to or any idea that might um, support development or solutions in the water set to to have a look at our competitions and think about where. Or, or, or where they might be able to play a role if they've got something that might be transferable to the water sector, uh, or, or just just some nugget of an idea that might support in one way or another. We're really interested in bringing those thoughts uh, and ideas forward, and we've now got through the Water Discovery Challenge a platform, um, really an open door uh, for folk to do that in a, in a previously um, some might say sort of closed shop, uh, which the water sector has uh, has been in the eyes of some sort of innovators. So I, so I think there's a lot of work to do there. Um, I think in terms of other sort of collaborations uh, and integrations with the sort of uh, parts of um, uh, infrastructure around the country, I guess we're really interested, particularly thinking about smart cities and housing and those sort of areas, we're really interested in how we can work more closely with local authorities who um, hold the key to um, a lot of development decisions uh, and worse, and certainly the key to, to other areas like highways as well who might have some interesting um, infrastructure parallels that they can bring to to the water sector um, for us all to sort of join up and work a lot a lot better together in the future when we think about um, decisions that are made by local authorities um, around city development and urban planning and that sort of thing. Um, we're really interested in, in developing our partnership with telecoms, with community groups. Um, I mentioned already sort of uh, rail and road, um, oil and gas and all these sort of other other areas who've been probably the cutting edge of uh, technology and innovation for much longer than water has. What can we learn from these guys uh, and bring that into water and begin to test and develop the viability of that in the water sector? So the bottom line here, Luke, is we're absolutely wide open now. And previously, I don't think we've been this open with anybody. We want these ideas. We want fresh thinking or new faces. Um, and that, that could be, you know, the biggest consultancy that operates globally, or it could be um, a very small organization who have just stumbled across a fantastic idea and think it has legs for the water sector. So that's what we're trying to encourage. And we're really looking forward to seeing what comes through uh, the latest round of, well, the very first round of our Water Discovery Challenge competition in the next couple of months. Well, there you go. For everybody listening, that's an open invitation. Um, so I'd be, yeah, really, really fascinated to see you know, what kind of collaboration you're, you're able to and what kind of partnerships you're able to strike up in the coming sort of months and months and years, because there's a huge amount of work to be done, not just for water, but for all those adjacent sectors as well in, in making cities and making local authority operations that much more efficient and that much more resilient. And there's definitely knowledge that can be shared to, 
to help support doing that. Um, I think that's probably enough of your time for one day that I've taken up. Um, but I, uh, I really appreciate it. And it's been a, a real eye opener for, for me. Um, as, as we've said several times, you know, water is something you take for granted and it's, uh, that kind of invisible thing. Um, and you don't often think as a, as a member of the public about everything that goes on behind the scenes to actually make that happen. And now more than ever, the, um, the focus is really on the long term for that. So thank you very much. I, I appreciate your time and uh, I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again to Mark. You can find out more about the Water Discovery Challenge and the Innovation Fund on the Offwork website. And if you wanted to hear more from Offwork, particularly on those themes of environmental resilience, you can join Smart Cities World in London on the 19th of April at the City's Climate Action Summit. More information is available in our show notes and on smartcitiesworld.net. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.